Science, do you want lasers? Wow. Uh, yes, please. Yes. And what are we looking at here? In October of 2020, Ocean Exploration Trust EV Nautilus crew discovered something extraordinary. Vast clusters of glass sponges. It's a true reef in that these active living sponges are living on top of other sponges, growing vertically. The way they age and tell the size of these is by doing cores down through the center. Glass sponges in general are a rare sight, but what made this discovery even more surprising is where they were found. Beginning just 25 miles off of the coast of California, the Channel Islands National Marine Sanctuary is a 1,470 square mile refuge for wildlife, as well as a human heritage site. Regions where the ocean floor can be found just a thousand feet or so below, like Footprint Ridge and the Piggy Bank, have been pretty thoroughly explored. But between those two sites lies a valley, plunging another thousand feet below. This time, in late 2020, the scientific team famous for their live streaming of footage captured by ROVs decided to give that valley a closer look. That's when the NOAA experts on Nautilus Live stumbled upon a vast underwater field of glass. Finds like these are becoming increasingly important as potential habitats for diverse life and as indicators of ocean health in a changing world. But aside from the obviously fascinating fact that these creatures have skeletons made of glass, what exactly are they? That's what this episode of Class is all about. The art of glass. I'm your host, Devin Boker. Welcome to Class. Exactinolid sponges have skeletons made of four and or six-pointed spicules, often referred to as glass sponges. Many of them look like nothing more than the ghost of a sponge made visible by a blanket of lace. Despite their seemingly fragile existence, some experts estimate their maximum age to be 15,000 years. Now, that number is a bit tricky. I really should emphasize that 15,000 years is their potential maximum. That comes from a model-based study of an individual, Scolimastra jubini, which originally provided a figure of 23,000 years, with a range from 13,000 to 40,000. But due to changes in sea level since the last glacial maximum, their maximum age now is thought to be no more than 15,000 years. In comparison to their phyllo counterparts, glass sponges are relatively rare. As far as where they can be found, some species can be found in shallower places, for example, two species in the Antarctic that can be found just 100 feet, 33 meters or so, beneath the surface, and one species in the Mediterranean, Upsacus minuta, which can be found just 60 feet down, or 18 meters, in an underwater cave. Some are found in the abyssal depths, but most are found between 1,500 and 3,000 feet below the surface in every ocean although they seem to be particularly fond of the Antarctic and Northern Pacific. On episode one, I mentioned that a general characteristic of sponges is their lack of symmetry. 
Glass sponges, on the other hand, tend to be relatively symmetrical. Usually no more than a foot in height, these creatures share the same pseudo-cup-like body structure as their peripheral kin, with a large central cavity, but with a lattice-like internal skeleton composed of fused spicules made of silica. This fusion sometimes extends beyond just one individual. Some species are able to fuse together, creating vast reefs which provide habitat to a range of other species. Fossil records show that these reefs were especially common during the Jurassic, but their existence was thought to be lost in ancient time. Yet as technology has continued to develop, enabling more in-depth ocean exploration, we've discovered these undersea glass menageries continue to persist off the coasts of Washington, Alaska, British Columbia, beneath the Antarctic ice, and now, California. The ability of glass sponges to fuse as they do allows for them to create dense and complex structures that stay intact even after one sponge dies. Even if the glass base of the reef dies, the reef can persist. Remnant skeletons trap sediments, turning brown, and provide habitat to a range of organisms, even anchoring sites for living, growing sponges. These are called bioherms, some of which have been recorded to reach heights of 60 or so feet, that's about 19 meters, and over 4 miles or 7 kilometers in length. Considering the potential longevity of any one individual sponge, these reefs may be absolutely ancient. Let's take a peek through the looking glass to see these sponges as individuals. As alien as they seem, glass sponges hit all the markers of what makes an animal, well, an animal. One of those is growth. All of the hexactinolids have potential to grow, of course, but the typical maximum is somewhere around a foot in height. That's about 32-ish centimeters. Some, however, hit that marker and then some, reaching heights of three feet or one meter or more. Despite being longer in body, these larger glass sponges tend to see shorter lives. The body of a glass sponge is made up of three parts the inner and outer peripheral trabecular networks, and the coanosome, which is essentially the sponge seal or central chimney-like cavity that I mentioned in the last episode. It's basically the mouth, whereas those canals are the pore-like passageways for food. Of course, most all sponges filter feed by pumping water through their bodies and trapping small particles as they pass through. Being able to respond to the presence of those particles is another thing. Response to stimuli is another characteristic of animals and life in general. Something that sets glass sponges apart from their phylal cousins is that they have a unique ability for rapidly conducting electrical impulses across their bodies, allowing them to respond more quickly to outside stimulation. The Venus flower basket is a sponge found below 500 meters in the Pacific. They possess fibers up to 7 inches long in the width of a human hair. They come from the base of their skeleton, and these are of particular interest to researchers of fiber optics, in part because of their ability to produce such fine and sturdy glass biologically through the extraction of silicilic acid, 
from the water which they convert into silica, as well as their ability to do so at such cold temperatures. When humans do it, it requires crazy high temperatures and the fibers that they yield are pretty brittle. This particular sponge's influence on human engineering doesn't end there. Their intricate lattice-like structure has been found to influence the hydrodynamics of the water around it in ways which may lead us to advanced designs for buildings, bridges, marine vehicles, or really any structure made by humans that comes into contact with water. Yet even as we study glass sponges to further develop our technologies, they may be facing the end of their existence as a result of our advancement. How will creatures of stillness and glass hold up in a changing climate? Creatures which outlasted the dinosaurs. This past year, a team from the University of British Columbia explored just what kind of impacts that one-two punch of rising ocean temperatures and acidification will have on the cloud sponge. One of only three reef-building glass sponge species. In a controlled lab environment, the scientists use conditions matching those of the future, modeled and predicted by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC. They divided their study sponges into three groups, one to test the combination impact, one to test the impact of warming, and one to test the impact of acidification. What they found was that all three groups saw decreased filtering ability and weakened skeletons. Though rare, Glass sponge reefs are vital ocean filters, removing 65 to 90% of the microbes out of approximately 100 billion liters or 26 billion gallons of water per day. These reefs also provide essential habitat, serving as the basis of entire ecosystems. 106 species of fish and invertebrates have been found living within glass sponge reefs. A loss of the reef isn't just a loss of one species but a blitz on biodiversity, and a loss of a lens on our planet's history. Monorephus chuni, a glass sponge of the deep nearing 10 feet in height. It was first discovered during the Valdivia expedition in the late 1890s. Even then, it wasn't the sponge as a whole, but a nine foot long spicule. Aging spicules is a bit like aging a tree. These silicon spikes are made of hundreds of layers of silica around a core. The difference here is that the rings don't relate to a time period like a day might in some corals or a year might in some trees. What they do seem to relate to is the temperature of the ocean. Beginning a decade or so ago, scientists began to consider the possibility that spicules of M. chuni may serve as a type of archive of the planet's past. What can any one of us do to help ensure the future of the glass sponges? It's hard to say. Sure, there are individual acts that each of us can do or even not do to lessen our impact on a whole range of things, from the global climate to the local environment. Supporting nonprofits, supporting the work of scientists who work every day to conserve these species, these are all a step in the right direction. But perhaps the biggest, most important thing that we as individuals can do is to come together. Don't act alone. Act with your local community. Vote. Write to your representatives. Write letters to the editor about the importance of conservation. Share things like this episode on social media or with your friends and family. We can all do great things on our own. 
but the greatest of things are achieved when we join together with a common mission. Thank you for listening to episode two of Class, The Art of Glass. I'm Devin Boker. If you'd like to support the show and the series and the educational resources that come along with it, you can do so at patreon.com slash Devin Boker. Or if you can't support financially at this time, leave us a review. Or honestly, just tell someone about the show. Send them the link. Share it. However you would like. It's up to you. Stay curious. And peace out, Rainbow Trout.